Hey guys, Jake here with Digital Wildcatters. Want to let you know about some of the big events that we have coming up. Uh, first up, we got Energy Tech Night, February 16th, here in the Houston Heights Theater. Uh, if you've never been to one of the Energy Tech Nights, you really don't know what you're missing. We have a handful of companies that will be presenting their tech live on the big screen, followed by live Q&A. We'll have tons of good food, drinks, and good people, and it's always a great time, so be sure to check that out. Uh, Bitcoin mining. It's all the rage these days, so we're looking to bring Bitcoin mining to the energy capital of the world with our Empower Energizing Bitcoin Conference, March 30th and 31st here in Houston. Uh, we're bringing together energy, mining, finance, other professionals in the city that powers the world. We're shutting down the streets in Houston for an iconic two-day event at 8th Wonder Brewery where you get to learn and network with energy producers, capital groups, miners, and other builders in space. If you want to join us at Energy Tech Night or at Empower, you can go snag some tickets at digitalwildcatters.com. This is the Oil & Gas Startups Podcast, where we showcase emerging technology and the stories of industry founders, investors, and leaders with your hosts, Jake Corley and Colin McClelland. What's up, Wildcatters? Welcome back to the show. We just got back from Pittsburgh. Man, what a good time. What a good time launching and premiering. I don't know when this is going to go out, probably like forever. Uh, so by this time, I think everybody will have seen, seen American Shale. We've been sitting on that for, what, three months? Longer than that, I think. Probably longer than Four that. Four or five. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a long time. But it's good to finally release it. It took it a long there. time to put it together. Yeah. I mean, that was a ton of man hours to produce that. So God, We did not sleep shooting that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got a buddy, Scott Banesh, with Virum in from Calgary. What's going on, Scott? Pretty good. I think Pretty good. Uh, good to be in Texas. Scott that we've had a few podcasts lately that are yeah like it's like all the calgary days, people so. are finally like that's i told them i said canada's letting guys out and come down now, here and now we can us. travel we're, yeah. we're allowed out, out of the cage <laughs> so scott tell us real quick uh you know we have some mutual mutual friends in the uh startup industry it says you know he knows cold Boar and those guys over there hey we're so, going to their party tonight yeah so i said we got a, a house party yeah. over there today for their new office uh Tell us real quick about Verum and what you guys do, just real quick. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, Cold Boar was in the same incubator program with us in Calgary. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, we sat right next to them um, at these big tables <laughs> in a big open room for about a year. That's pretty so, cool. <laughs> that was like four or five years ago. So it's kind of interesting that, That's uh, awesome. that you're with them. So, yeah. Uh, so what do we do? Uh, so what we do is we create digital twins, uh, for construction, um, engineering, construction, and operations and maintenance. So there's a lot of technologies out there, digital technologies to, to, to uh, digitize physical assets, you know, using laser scanners, drones, um, you know, pictures, satellites, what have you. Uh, what we do is we take that data and turn it into a digital twin uh, very rapidly. So we've got a technology that can create a, a 3D representation of a construction site or an operating facility. Um, and then we put analytics on top of that. So during a, during a construction pro project, uh, you'll rapidly digitize a construction site daily with a drone or weekly with a mobile mapper. And uh, we automatically do progress reports and quality reports on that. So the first thing we do is we Put it up in the cloud. Put it on a on a on a through through a web browser. Anybody can actually visit their site. You know, within 24 hours of a data capture, 
you can really be on site without going to site. And then uh, from that, we automatically tell people if things are built correctly or not. So we can match your design to reality. And uh, so then you can address your quality issues right away. So you really reduce your construction costs, you know, and you reduce your risks. And the other thing we do is, um, is we identify what's installed and what's not installed. And then from that, we can do progress reports. So we can, within 48 hours, give a, a, a fairly accurate percent complete by commodity from that laser scan and your design documents mashing them together. So that's where we started as a company is really doing that through construction because that's my background. Um, but when we built this digital twin, uh, we built such a lightweight uh, digital twin, we started to connect information to objects in the digital twin. So you could have a digitized pump or a tank or a pipe. Yeah. And it's just a picture until you attach some information. So we created the ability to be able to attach information to the laser scan. You know, you can attach information to CAD drawings and stuff, but you can't really attach it to a, a, a sort of a bunch of points that look like something. So what we did is we were able to create a smart BIM model out of a laser scan, you know, or a drone data so that people can really visit their site and get all the information from their, about their site from their, from their desktop or from their laptop or even from a, from a tablet. All you need is a web browser. You have all these other data information sources that are in digital format, either drawings or operating data or maintenance, you know, records or what have you. We, we connect to that and connect it to that 3D object. Because that's the way the human brain works uh, much better is if you can see the 3D object, you're able to really understand it, contextualize it mm -hmm. and say, okay, I want to see when was the last time that was was maintained what's what's the, what's going on with that thing right now what's the pressure temperature yeah so you know for example if we're in upstream oil and gas and we have a tank battery for instance you can map this have a digital twin but then you can also essentially tag and embed information with that so if you're like hey i have this separator here when was the last when did we install the separator you know when was the last time it was clean cleaned out and maintained and so you can start actually embedding information within that that digital all the twin. fittings and the piping and where it goes to what like yeah digital twins for people to understand it looks like a video game it's just like a it's a 3d rendering of each one of these sites and you can kind of zoom in and zoom out and kind of go through these sites and so yeah it's like really it's it's really cool to kind of see i've seen a, seen a couple of these i haven't necessarily seen y'alls um but for you guys it's not so you started on the construction side but now it's more so like the the technical manuals uh, maybe on the maintenance as well as the analytics? Correct, yeah. So I just want to be clear, we don't replace those information sources. That information, there's really good companies that, 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 that manage that information, do version control, that kind of thing. We connect it to the 3D world so it's mm. easy to access and, you, and, and we aggregate it so they all can become correlated and, and a lot of people will you know, use it as sort of a quality to make sure that... Um, that things will, will come together. So, yeah. Um, yeah. You said, um, that you guys were in startup Calgary, uh, sounds like an incubator of sorts. What year was that? Uh, I think that was 2016. Okay. 17, 2016. So 17, 18, yeah. they're essentially, you know, coming four or five years into, into the company that you've been working on it. Yeah. What's your background before? Viram, what did you do? 
Yeah. So I spent 28 years as a project manager, construction manager, engineering manager, um, uh, building oil and gas facilities, mining facilities, petrochemical facilities. Mm-hmm. So um, I spent a lot of time, you know, in, in the in the uh, in the project world, uh, and I really, you know, really felt the pain of projects going over over schedule, over budget. Um, you know, so I was project director on four mega projects over a billion dollars, and those things those things kick the kick the shit out of you. So you uh, <laughs> you know you, you start to get frustrated with the lack of I guess digital technology or technology. Um, people just think, you know, we can do it better now with better people or better procedures. And I got frustrated with that. So, um, you know, I said, we, we need to do something to really improve our construction techniques. You know, we, I started to research it a little bit and, you know, it, it was amazing. You know, construction is the least digitized industry that there is almost. I was looking, you know, farmers are more digitally advanced than, than construction uh, so I was thinking, you know, we have to do something here. So it's so funny, not to interrupt you, but it's so funny because that documentary that we just premiered was over a third generation dairy farmer that has taken his proceeds from natural gas royalties and completely automated his dairy farm. And it's one of the most advanced operations I've ever seen. And it's mm-hmm. out on a farm. So it's funny that you made that comment that yeah. farms are more advanced than uh, construction and yeah. oil and gas. That's <laughs> because construction is like the, the backbone of everything, right? It is, yeah. But, you know, 80% of projects go over budget uh, or over that. schedule. Yeah, and, you know, by 30% or more. And the mega projects, you know, over a billion dollars, they go over by over 80%. So, how does how does an owner make a make an investment when they say, "Well, this is going to cost five billion dollars"? Oh, it could cost ten billion dollars. You know, who knows? <laughs> and there's a good chance it will get up to ten billion dollars. So how do we how do we bring cost and schedule certainty to these projects? And if we can do that, then we're going to get um, owners making more investments. So we believe that's really good for the industry. If you can bring more cost certainty and schedule certainty to your projects, bring the costs down. Yeah, it's hard to underwrite a project when you don't know what your uh you know what's going to be your your rate of error you know is it going to be a billion dollars over budget or is it going to be five billion dollars over budget and that makes a huge impact on the economics right totally you know i i did in my past career i did some cost estimates and execution plans for projects that were just going to do great things for cities and areas and the owner just said uh you know it's too risky yeah it might cost this much but it might it might break my bank so yeah. So that's kind of why we started Virum was to really uh, bring digital technology and help capital projects. Super interesting. So was there yeah. so was there nobody in that space kind of coming into like I mean as you guys are kind of researching in the early stages you're frustrated there's no digital technology but there's like nothing remotely close to what you guys were doing. Not that we could see, but what we did is, you know, we didn't build a technology from the ground up. What we did is we we knew the problems that we had had in in a, in a in a project, and we we pulled in the different technologies that were kind of doing things that could solve small parts of the problem. Um, but they were just sort of one of applications, right? And 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 how do you take those applications and and turn them into something that can benefit the whole project, and then go into operations and maintenance and be used as one one? Because I guess the way I look at it is let's let's say something costs. Say something costs five dollars to to implement, and you get three dollars of value out of it. You're not going to do that. But 
if you can get that $5 and you, you get five people to get $3 value out of it, that starts to make sense. So if we can apply it at more, more um, sort of stakeholders uh, in the construction process, then it, then it starts to make sense and people can, can get the value out of it. But what was happening is only one staker, what, stakeholder was going to invest in this technology and he couldn't. So let's make it a, a holistic yeah. uh, approach. Yeah. You, uh, you said that you guys didn't build the technology from the ground up. Can you explain to us from like an operator's perspective of, you know, building the company, you know, how did y'all approach that? You know, you're in your previous life, you know, you're, you're project manager in these, uh, in these big construction projects and facilities say, Hey, there needs to be a technology. I know the problem and I know the solution. Now we need to go build the solution. Can you kind of run us through your thinking in those mm -hmm. early stages of how you uh, you thought about building the technology? So when you think about a project team, what what's their what's their job? Their their job, you, they put together a great plan, an execution plan. You know, when how they want to do something, a design, what they want to do, a schedule when they want it to be done. Uh, so that plan, if it's executed everything is executed exactly as per plan, you're gonna be successful. And that's what a project team does, is they make sure everything happens exactly as per plan. But when you have a, you know, say a thousand people or 2000 people on a site and you have a 500 people engineering team, you know, humans are humans, you, you have errors, you're, you're gonna have issues. And those issues is death by a thousand cuts and it just, it, at the end of the day, sometimes you don't know what went wrong, but you're way over budget, it's just because People were making errors and quickly fixing them. So what we said is, okay, if we can, if we can verify that everything's going per plan as, as the project goes continually and rapidly, then, then we can help this project team make sure that, you know, they're, that, that you don't have this knock-on effect of errors. So we have a digital twin of our, uh, what we want, which is our design, our CAD model. So this is what we want. This is our plan. If we can make a digital twin of what we have, like I said, if you can, you can laser scan and, and, and digitize what you have, and then you, you digitally match those together and let the computer tell you where you're, you're, you're on plan or off plan, just like that, then people know right away if something's wrong, they can fix it before you have this compound effect. So yeah, that was the genesis of it. And we thought, okay, well, we can do this. And uh, the digital digitization, um, uh, technology has just been going so fast. You know? Yeah, the cost of that has come down about ninety percent since when we started. Oh, that's crazy. Um, the iPhone twelve has a laser scanner on it. Yeah, right now so it just what? shows you it has yeah. a lidar scanner on it. It you just can, shows you where I it's going. I use my iPhone to measure things all the time. Like, yeah, I was measuring for a desk at my house, and I you you start with one point, and then you scan over to the other point on your phone, and uh, it'll measure that. for you. Yeah, you could actually digitize this chair and create a digital twin of this chair with your phone. Yeah, now. yeah. Augmented reality is a huge, yeah. huge thing. Like you can like just take you know take a digital twin of that chair and then say, "Hey, I want to see what it looks like in this other room," and put it in there. Yeah, isn't it wild that you can do that on your iPhone? Yeah, like I mean, cool. you think about just think about technology. Even you know when y'all started four or five years back, and you look and you're like. Can you imagine that shit existing just a few years later? Well, that was our main barrier. Um, you know, we started seven and a half years ago is where, you know, I really, I 
quit my job and started this. And, yeah. uh, you just had these expensive terrestrial laser scanners that you needed to get a survey company out. <clears throat> so that, that's one of the reasons it took a while to get going. Now you can buy a handheld laser scanner and you and I can walk around and digitize a, a, a construction site or an operating plant in minutes to, you know, one centimeter accuracy. So that was, you know, very fortuitous for us that that actually happened. And uh, now, now people can digitize their facility in less than a day. A That's big crazy. facility. That's crazy. Um, so so it, do you just walk through with something or do you have like a, a Roomba yeah, can with you, a uh, scanner? Or how yeah, tell, tell us about like, you know, the process. Like say that I've got, you know, oil and gas facility or the refinery or whatever it may be. Um, is Verum just the software, the, the actual, um, you know, the digital piece, or are you guys actually saying, Hey, you know, we'll bring out, um, the hardware as well and actually scan it for you. Can you explain right. like how the process works? Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, that's your question about what it looks like, but yeah, we don't, we don't do the data capture. We, we used to, and we, that, that. That market is full. There's lots of people investing lots of money into that. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of companies around. Like anywhere in the world, you can find a local uh, company that will have these uh, scanners around. So okay. we don't want to get into that. Yeah. And we're totally agnostic. We will accept any kind of data that comes from the data capture. So capture's. the data captures become commoditized. Lots of right. services that will come out there and do that for you. So yeah. you guys are agnostic. We'll work yeah. with anyone. Or um, like the very exciting technology for us is mobile mapping, which is a laser scanner um, that you just hold in your hand. It's like, you know, like, it's, like a big, it's like the size of a football and you walk around and you just have a handle, you walk around and it, and it captures it. And you don't need to be a surveyor. You just watch a, a training video for half an hour and then you go and <laughs> you go and do it. So, so is that like, yeah. I mean, is that like 360 capture yep. as you're walking around? It's so it, like, it laser scans yeah. and, and it takes 360 photos at the same time. Oh, super cool. Okay. So, so you're not really having to point anywhere. You're just kind of just walking. You're walking it. around. It's, you're it's just kind of like throwing laser Google, scanner, Google laser, street car, just driving around, capturing everything around you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it, 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 I think it, it originally comes from autonomous vehicles technology. That's why they developed these things. But, Make perfect uh, sense. Yeah. 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 So, um, our clients will either hire a local company or they will buy one of these units themselves. So they're, you know, they're, they're affordable to get the accuracy we need. The cost of the unit is 20,000 to $80,000, but then they have it and they can digitize their plant, their construction site every day, or they can send it around to their different facilities and digitize them. Um, so that, that creates this dig digital twin of what they have. You know, we've developed a really good pipeline where it makes it easy for them to, to pull it up. And then they just log in through a web browser. Um, you know, they'll be able to do it on their phone soon, um, but they, you know, down to a tablet, and they can now visit their site and see it both in three dimensions and in photos. So they can walk around like in Google Earth, you know, how you walk, or Google Street View. You can yeah, walk around yeah. your plant and see it. And then, and then we ask them, bring, give us all your design files. It could be 2D plot plans. It could be 3D CAD models. Give us all those. We turn them into the same sort of geo-reference, bring them in and visualize them together. So at a click of a button, you can say, this is what I have. Another click of a button, this is, this is my design. You see them both together. You can turn them on and off uh, independently. So um, that gives the visualization. 
one of the things that really differentiates us, and this is really exciting for you know owner operators that have older facilities, they don't have these uh, digital CAD models. They they just have some paper drawings sitting in a file somewhere or what have you. So what we're able to do is digitize that, and then um, each of those objects we can turn turn into smart objects. So here's a pump. We have a work process that within a matter of seconds, you know, with drag and drop, we have different work processes where, okay, this is pump P101. We give it a tag. And then you do that for everything. So, you know, a big, you know, a gas plant, you could tag everything in a week. So now all of a sudden something, a CAD model that would have taken months and months and months to develop, you know, and maybe it's right, maybe it's not. We've developed a process where you laser scan it, and then you attach information to the objects within that laser scan. Because really all you want a CAD model for is to show you the dimensions of something, which a laser scan does and does even better than a CAD model. And so you can attach information to things, which you can do in a CAD model, but you, now we can do it in this. So now we've created this smart BIM model out of an existing old uh, asset. And a lot of these old assets will have, you know, old owner, older owner or operators or maintenance planners, what have you, that have a lot of stuff in their head um, that when they're gone, you're going to be in a bit of trouble. So yeah, <laughs> we've made the interface so easy for them that you get the stuff out of their head and you put it into our, into our system. And then it gets, it gets so that future people can, can get access to it. So now you, you can have your maintenance planners working in this where you can draw objects and say, you know, I need scaffolding here. And so some of our, a lot of our clients are, creating digital twins of their older facilities, moving people off a site, which is always good. You know, you want less people on site. Um, and, and then being able to do their, their maintenance planning, you know, their, uh, their operations monitoring. Um, so it, 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 our clients really like that, you know, these old facilities that they didn't know what they had, they can now digitize and have it. And you have, may have some critical drawings like P&IDs or stuff that, that you need to know are right, actual insurance and legal requirements. You know. So we develop a process where here's, here's a schematic of my plant and here's the reality of my plant. Let's start to create these integrations. And now we can verify that this schematic is correct. Mm-hmm. And you can actually toggle between you know, the point cloud and the schematic back and forth. And uh, the clients are really liking that. So now they have much better context of what their facility is than um, yeah, than just a schematic that you're assuming is correct. You know, something that's really wild to me, listening to you talk, I'm about to throw a free idea out here. So either Virum takes this idea and runs with it or someone listening takes <coughs> Excuse me, a new, new segment, the free, yeah. I, free, <laughs> idea, the free segment. idea segment. No, I've been talking about this uh for years now, I don't know how familiar you are with upstream oil and gas processes, but you have a string of pipe. You know, it's either you know tubing or casing or whatever it is, and you have 200 and 300 joints. And you go there and you take a tally tape, and one person holds it on the other end, the other person holds it on the other the other side. It's a range three joint, you know, 42 feet, you know, 42.34 for joint, you know, 175. And you sit there and you write it down in your tally book. So then you have 300 joints. You go over to your office, your trailer, and you start inputting in all that information. One, you know how many times I've got fucked up pipe tallies? I can, I mean, almost every single time, you know, some hand is out there and gives me a messed up pipe tally 
And so then you go to run and you have discrepancies in your numbers. And I've always said for the, like the past few years, is why does something not exist where boom, laser, lasers the pipe, automatically takes the tally, enters it into an app and says, okay, joint 270 is 31.2 feet. No one's done that. You just need the length. You don't need the ID. No, you just need the you just need the length. All the yeah, pipe, all the pipes. Yeah, drift, so why can't you do it drifted. on your phone if you've got lidar? Yeah, it's all it's all. Yeah, yeah. you could literally probably. I don't know if your iPhone can reach that far. <clears throat> you mean the but, flange joints? The- no, no. These are these are um, you know like if you're running casing downhole oh, in okay. the well, just the pipe. And so, like no one's right. created that. And I've all like listening to you talk like. Doing a refinery or facility is way more complex than measuring measuring pipe and, mm-hmm. and entering it into a uh, spreadsheet. And so I don't know why no one's done that, but um, you guys should take your well, technology and do it because I'm telling you, it's a big money idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, one of the things that we're there's a lot of things we're doing, but one of the things we're doing is uh, artificial intelligence to um, do object recognition, uh, and that, that might pertain to that is. Object recognition in the 2D space is very mature. Like you can take a picture now and plug it into an AI engine and it can identify things. Yeah. Uh, but it's not very good in the 3D space. So we're developing, you know, object recognition technology where it says, okay, this is a, this is a pump. We're, we're going to identify it in a pump and we're going to draw a box around it and this is the dimensions and such. We do that with pipe. Like here's, here's a pipe and, and let's, this is this pipe that I'm interested in and here's um, here we're turning it into a sort of an object rather than just a picture and that object can obviously be measured automatically so yeah this episode is brought to you by our friends at combo curve if you haven't heard Aries and PhD went around and combo curve is in combo curve is the cloud-based operating system for energy companies the single integrated platform helps your engineering teams become more agile precise and efficient than ever before For the first time ever, you now generate type curves and forecast thousands of wells accurately and in a fraction of the time. Oh, and it can automatically run these forecasts every single day. What I love most about the Combo Curve team is their work ethic and actually caring about their customers. Every time I talk to the team, Armand, Jeremy, everybody else over there, they're reinvesting into growing the development team to tackle any challenges that their clients may be facing. But don't take my word for it. Go over to ComboCurve.com, read the dozens of testimonials on their website, from clients like Arm Energy, Laredo Petroleum, Rock and W Minerals, and many more. Request a demo, and these guys will get you taken care of. So for you guys, um, you know, I think I understand the data capture. So if you have an existing facility, um, going out and mapping that and making a digital twin. Now when you're building a new facility, um, is the process still you design the facility with the CAD drawings, and then from the CAD drawings, you generate a... Uh, digital twin from that is that correct that's correct okay cool yeah yeah so yeah we we don't replace that engineering but we do supplement it meaning uh, an engineering company doesn't need to go to site anymore they can just visit the digital twin when they're doing a modification to an existing for example or a tie-in yeah um so yeah we, we don't replace that but what we do is we bring it in and then when they're done they almost never build it exactly as part of the design Right. And you never go back and as built these these CAD models. So we just laser scan it, bring it together. And now the laser scan becomes your as built. Yeah. So that's really what we do. And now in future modifications, they just go into our system 
they can do all their measurements within our system. They don't need to go to site with a tape measure. They, and they can actually clip out the point clouds and download it into their CAD software mm -hmm. from our system. Because these, these point clouds are huge. And engineering companies hate these great big ones because you know, they, they slow down their CAD model. So they just clip out what they want. They download it, put it into their CAD software, do their engineering, upload the engineering into you know, the existing old facility. So now everybody can see the new proposed design and how it correlates with reality. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it really speeds up that engineering process. Yeah, I imagine process. so. Yeah. How do you think about, you know, I'm sure you spend time thinking about this with uh, virtual reality and augmented reality because, you know, <clears> it's one thing I bring up a, a digital twin up here on the TV and, you know, we can go through it. But I also think that the idea of, you know, with remote teams, for example, all over the world, you know, hey, throw on an Oculus and let's, you know, take a look at this, uh, this pump or this separator and, you know, you're having 3D views of it. I mean, do you guys have, have y'all been thinking about what the future looks like using digital twins in an interactive environment with, uh, remote teams and things of that nature? We have quite a bit, um. Uh, and I'll, I'll take you shortly through our journey on that is, you know, we, we bought all the VR gear. We set up our system so that, you know, the unity, the, the sort of the standalone system, you've probably seen them where you wear the headset and, yeah. and, and you download, you have to download the, th the, the 3d environment, our environment, you know, you can download it and then you can do these virtual walkthroughs mm -hmm. and you could have someone on the other side of the world join into the same session and you can see each other like an avatar mm -hmm. and walk around and talk. Super cool. Yeah. I mean, this, yeah. everyone's talking about the metaverse. I mean, this is super cool application in the metaverse because yeah. it makes sense from a practical, um, you know, practical standpoint and has so, utility. Very exciting developments. Um, we had that all set up. We had it working. It just was too hard. <laughs> you know, the technology wasn't there to make it easy. You could do it, but it was just too hard. So then what happened is uh, WebVR came in. So now WebVR, um, the problem was, you know, the, 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 you, need, you, you both need to be um, visiting that same facility that's hosted on the cloud. Mm -hmm. right? And that's very difficult. So WebVR made that a little bit easier, um, but it still wasn't quite what it needed to be. Um, just in the last month, uh, WebXR has come out. Okay. And that's a game changer for us. So we, we, have, we, we have kept our eye on, we knew that WebXR was coming in. Technically, I, our CTO would have to tell you, you know, the details about yeah. that. <laughs> but um, there's a lot of excitement in our office right now about WebXR and how that's going to really change how. So what it is now is, Basically, you have your computer in front of you. You're going through the digital twin. Now you just put a goggles on. You don't need all the towers and stuff. Yeah. And you can see it in, in 3D and, and, and walk around just like you would on your keyboard. So it's just a matter of plugging in your goggles yep. and going. And someone on the other side of the world can do the same thing. And you can do a virtual plant tour That's as so though cool. you're actually walking through it. And, yeah. and I say that's like being on site without going to site and touring it only on steroids. Because when you're on site, you're just looking at stuff. When you're in our environment, you're looking at stuff and you can, you, you got all the information about it at your fingertips too. 
and you can see the new design right in 3D as well. Yeah. So super excited. We built our platform to be completely compatible with that system. That's so it's amazing. just another way of uh, doing the user interface with the with the 3D environment. I mean, that's really exciting to think yeah. about. I mean, just think about the uh, the efficiency gain there instead of having to fly across the world to visit a, a site facility or the ability to add in new parts without actually doing it and you know, seeing how, seeing how it fits in and being able to draw down information, you know, you go walk around an offshore rig and you can see these pumps and everything, but you can't mm -hmm. see, Hey, what model of pump is that? You know, what output does it have? But in a virtual environment, you can just click, pulls it up. Yeah, We've so. talked about how powerful just like in-person interaction is for collaboration for teams, but being able to put this on and collaborate in this virtual environment that is literally yeah. looks real. Yeah. And it completely and it, changes the game. It's been really good with CAD models, but it hasn't been that good with point clouds. And point clouds is the real thing. Like you feel like you're there because it really, everything is as it actually is. So you can imagine, you know, you do a laser scan of your facility and you have your safety guy walk through. You can identify hazards that he wouldn't be able to do um, unless he actually went there. Yeah. You know, um, just just any, any reason you would have to travel to site and, and be on site. We can, we can pretty much replicate that and you can get experts from anywhere in the world to come in and help you out. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably like the most exciting part to me. Uh, you know, I mean the term digital twin, it's really been a buzzword, you know, the last five years or so everyone talks about digital twins, mm -hmm. but it's like, you know, what does it really mean? What's the value proposition of it? And, um, you know, I think the value proposition, even without the, uh, the the virtual reality um, element the proposition is so strong, but now when you start saying oh now we can actually connect people around the world inside <clears throat> the inside the digital twin, that's when things get really exciting. To me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a I, I personally was we we were really spending a lot of money and effort into virtual reality. Um, we decided to to drop the development part and just make sure that our system would be compatible with what was being developed. And uh, I wasn't happy at the time that we were doing that because I was super excited about VR. <laughs> now I am because I can see the the logic in that, right? And uh, yeah, make sure you focus to what you do best. Let's and, unpack. Let's unpack that a little yeah. bit because that's an important, you know, from operating a company. That's a pretty important um, lesson, right? Um, you know, you start spending a lot of money, time, resources on building the technology internally. And, you know, maybe you're a little bit too early to the idea or whatever it may be and spinning your wheels a bit. But then understanding, hey, if we really focus on our core product and what our core value proposition is, but build the platform to be open and agnostic to these other technology providers, that allows you to scale a little bit a little bit faster and maybe even be a better solution for y'all's clients is that is that kind of the the realization that you ended up having yeah a biggest lesson when we were at a startup phase was um, you know one stop chasing shiny objects all the time and just, which is hard right <laughs> yeah that's really hard when you think oh what if we did that what if we did that you know uh you have to really, and 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 I'd like to say uh, at Virum, we've always stuck to the the vision, the what we wanted to solve, what we are solving, um, and what parts of the puzzle has has evolved a bit. But 
yeah, you, you've got to stay focused on what you're doing and watch what's going on around you and, and the complementing technologies and see how they're coming along and decide what you're going to do and not going to do. Um, you know, we were into everything. We, we were into robots. Like we were, we, we had a robot and a laser scanner. And we said, we're just going to deploy robots on these sites and <laughs> let the robots walk around and, yeah, you thinking, go get you yourself one of the Boston Dynamic uh, yeah. dogs and oh, put a yeah. I yeah, mean, and, this uh, sounds really cool. I would be doing that too. <laughs> totally, and you think, oh, we spent how many hundreds of thousands of dollars to replace just a guy that can walk around with a thing half an hour once a week. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah like it's the cool. cool. The cool factors at ten. The yeah. uh, the yeah. the realistic, you know, economic factors yeah. probably at two. ROI just isn't yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So. Um, yeah. And we were into asset tracking, like we actually RFIDs on components. We were into that for a while because one of the things we can do in our system as well is, is real, uh, read IOT devices from the field. You know, if, if you have a, if you have a system tracking people where you can see people on a system, we don't replace that, but we visualize it in our system. So now you can see where the people are within our system. So anything that is digital or that can be tracked can be seen in here. If you have uh, asset tracking like uh, GPS or FID tags on components, mm -hmm. you want to know where they are, um, we can read that into our system and you can say, geez, I can't find this, uh, this valve. If, if, it's, if you've used these, I uh, uh, can't remember the name of the company, Jovix, I think it was. If you use some of these asset tracking programs, we visualize it in our system too. So... You know, you guys really see yourselves as being kind of the hub, an aggregator of these different digital twins. Yeah. yeah. So, lots of lots of good digital twins out there. Digital twin is just how do you digitally replicate reality uh, and and use it and and, and apply it. So, uh, there's lots of good digital twins out there. Uh, what we saw is they're all over the place, and people have to go to different systems, and you may need a big laptop, a big desktop and special software. Mm -hmm. What we've been able to do is be able to read those systems and, and correlate them together. So yeah, we, we, we look at ourselves as an aggregator um, and an aggregator in, in, in the sense of the 3D world that people are used to being in. Yeah. Right. And they can, they, it's just much more intuitive to, to access it through that 3D world. And I think, and these old crusty operators love it because, you know, I got to go to this program. Well, I can just fly through here and click on the pump like I would <laughs> walk through the walk through the facility. Plus, and I mean, good. Yeah. that's a good point. Big, big believer in that there's, I think that the way that y'all think about it is right, that there's a massive opportunity to be the hub and to be agnostic to different technologies and data collection because <clears throat> essentially what, an operator of a facility is going to want is that they're going to want one place that they can go to, right. And have access to everything. And so if you guys are able to take these other technologies and then, uh, digitize it and visualize it into your platform, I mean, people want an operating system, right. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like that's what you guys are going to provide in the yeah. digital twin space. You know, yeah. 99% of the time when our clients say, Oh, well, we already use this system, you know, as your, they're your competitor. They, no, no, we're we're not replacing them. We're just we're just sitting on top of them, make you know, connecting them all together. Mm -hmm. it, it, we're, after a few, yeah, a bit of a discussion, we realize we're not competitors; we're complementary. So. Yeah, that's good. 
yeah. place for you to be. When, yeah. Like, hey, no, we're not trying to displace anyone. We're trying yeah. to work with yeah. everyone and yeah. connect everything. Yeah. And our, uh, you know, our, our, our software team is that's on the top of their mind all the time is, is data agnostic. We have to be able to read everything that's out there. Yeah. We're compatible with every, every CAD operating so- software, every design software that's out there, every data capture software. Um, Which is hard. I'm sure there's a lot of them, right? So yeah, yeah. it is hard building <laughs> software, I'm sure, to be able to take all of that in. Yeah. So yeah. it's definitely not a trivial task. Where are you guys yeah. seeing the most movement? I'm, I'm assuming probably in the on the downstream side, but outside of that, where are you guys seeing the most movement in Willie Ghost? Um, <clears throat> you mean as far as industry? Mm-hmm. So... You know, we're from Calgary, Alberta. I, I, I grew up in the oil patch, and uh, so that was our initial push. So oil and gas is our big, biggest uh, right now. And it, guys, it's, it's called, sorry? Uh, is that like pipelines or refineries or oil? Mostly well, upstream right now. Mostly yeah, upstream? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We want to move into downstream. Okay. Uh, we see that there's a big uh, value in downstream because <coughs> where you have dangerous, remote, difficult uh assets or projects that's where we really shine mm-hmm. and oil and gas is kind of that way you know it is you know these are these are explosives that that are being managed and and everything needs to be working properly and they're difficult to get to and usually you know offshore and on an offshore rig or northern canada where <clears throat> you know you got to fly in fly out so that that's really where you know the low-hanging fruit is mm-hmm. so that makes sense um, we're moving along nicely in that uh, midstream is now coming on along because uh, uh, you know some of these pipeline companies have you know 500 or a thousand pump stations or compressor stations all over the place. Uh, if we can create a map view with all of them and they can visit every single one of them, you know, and and see them. And now because you can digitize them, so that's another big growth area. And then downstream, obviously, with the refineries being very complex, um, we, we we we're moving into that area. Yeah. Um, but we, we definitely don't want to be all in oil and gas. So we're focusing, getting into the green, the green energy, um, areas, uh, mm-hmm. as well as, uh, mining. Mining is a, a big one. It's probably, you know, 30% of our clients are, are mining clients. Yeah. Um, I you, know, you have a huge opportunity in defense. Like think about this. If you were able to, to have these scanners on the front of Humvees, you know, riding around Afghanistan back in the day, and you're able to map that out. And every single day you're able to update that and see the changes. Like think about how powerful that is from like a, yeah, you know, <laughs> love it. Command and control perspective. I got a, Let's I got a question in, in terms of data that you guys could take and visualize. And I don't know if y'all have thought about this or not, but we've had a lot of podcasts lately and a lot of conversations um, on methane mitigation and detection on assets and <clears throat> continuous monitoring. And so, you know, if you take a upstream uh, tank battery on a well site, companies are now being able to start uh, deploying sensors and detecting, hey, not only is there methane emissions present, but, you know, it, it's blowing this direction. And so if someone had an upstream asset mapped out, you know, would they be able to take in methane data and also visualize that um, on y'all's platform, you know, to show that, hey, it moves from, you know, the north to the south side of the pad. Have you guys thought about that at all? Yeah, interesting. We we have had quite a bit of pull on that, uh, mainly, you know, up in Canada, we've got these uh, new regulations for, for greenhouse gases and um, 
if if what you've just described is available in a digital format on a pro on a on a on a program, we can definitely visualize it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, we can bring it in so you can see it in the three D context. Uh, <clears throat> The specific use case that we're we're deploying is um, there's regulations where uh, these companies need to start reporting their methane emissions sources, and and where where can methane be uh, you know released into the atmosphere, and that and that's really a, a dictate of the equipment that you have out there. Every not every but most pieces of equipment says, well, we can leak this much, and. Uh, but most of these clients don't know what they have out there and they mm-hmm. don't know how to report it and they don't know how to track it. So when we create a digital twin of these remote pump stations and batteries and such, we, <coughs> we map out all these uh, emission sources for them. So in a 3D environment, we map it out and then we can, we can pull out the reports. So, you know, the, the biggest challenge they have is knowing what they have that can emit methane. Um, so we can map that all out for them so that they can report it to the government. So that's one of the things that we are doing, yeah. actively doing. Yeah, I'm sure um, that, that's going to be a growing trend yeah. uh, for you guys as well because I see it on our end that a lot of people are talking about it and it's definitely becoming yeah. a uh, becoming a thing. So, hey, if someone's listening to the show and they're, you know, they're a production engineer or midstream engineer and they're interested in digitizing their assets where can they uh, find you guys what's your website are you on linkedin etc yeah all the above verum.com verum.com v-e-e-r-u-m all right so two e's two e's got a backward we got a a a three yeah i like that yeah so you know the story about the name yeah yeah what's it mean yeah so quickly the the name is um so we we tout ourselves as the model of truth so we really bring truth to, to what's going on. Uh, verum uh, in Latin is truth. It's part of truth so with one E-V-E-R-U-M. Um, but that that was taken constantly like by, we couldn't get that. Every good get name. The name. Every good name so is let's, taken. Let's, let's put a second E in there. And, okay, <laughs> Verum, there we go. And then let's make the first E the digital twin of the second E. So oh, I love it. That's backwards. pretty cool. I love yeah, it. I love it. That's creative. You'll you'll see our logo is just the two backwards E's. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 I like uh the creativity there. Yeah. Yeah. Every good name is taken on uh <laughs> on the internet. All the domains are taken and right. so you gotta get creative with it. But yeah, so guys, if uh if you want to check out Verum, we'll leave a uh, link in the show notes or uh just go check them out at Verum. Uh is it dot com? Yep. Okay, Verum. dot com. And if you haven't already, check out our documentary that we just Yeah, it's on the website, on American yeah. Shell. Yeah, it's, it's, on, on, it's on website, it's on, it's on YouTube. Cutters, it's on YouTube. Um, Let us know what you think. Yeah, put a lot of work into that. So if you don't mind sharing that with people and checking that out. And also, if you haven't signed up for a newsletter BDE, go on digitalwallcutters.com. It's on the homepage. You can sign up for it. Get the week's energy news delivered straight to your inbox. Catch you guys on the next episode. Come, 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 come.